Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Zinc. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Where in the fuck are we? I have no idea. (laughs) A big rock in the middle of the universe (laughs) that's about to fall out of the entire place. In 1865 or something to that effect. Yeah, clearly. We're also there. And we're also like in a a Margaret Atwood. Yeah. Novel. Yeah. Yes. Is she the one who wrote um, Handmaid's Tale? The Handmaid's Tale. I just yes. finished another book by her. Mm. And I have to tell you, like, I mean, I literally finished it like last week. Um, I, I got to stop reading her books because I'm like, wait, did that? What? what? I, when did real, she write this? When it, was this? Also, it's oh, right. very hard to believe fiction from truth. Like, I yeah. can't tell because it's so eerily yeah. similar. Right. Right. So, wow. Wow is right. Ladies and gentlemen, we know that you are all living in a, what the fuck is actually happening? <laughs> Alternate universe edition. <laughs> I felt like we should have a game show there. What the fuck is actually <laughs> happening? Your hosts, Amy and Sarah, to guide you through the bullshit that is Marika. Marika. <laughs> Happy Guys, 4th of July. I can't. Like, that's where we are. We're on the brink of 4th of July to celebrate black. Independence Day. And here we are. You know what? Maybe I'll go topless. That would be independence. I mean, I don't think a lot of people would mind. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing it more as an act of defiance, not like... um, Oh, I know. I mean, that leads me down a whole other thing about like sexualizing Mm -hmm. shit and... Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. You guys, we have (sighs) um, traveled into a new realm where every single day you wake up, and it's something else. I was just telling Sarah, I used to hate like, and because I, I would get sucked into it, how CNN would take one news story and like stretch it out and say the same thing over and over and over again. And I would watch it 24 seven. They can't even do that now. No, because it's something new every single freaking day. And it's big. Like it's yeah. a humongous thing that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> we don't even have time to breathe. 
No, we don't. And so I guess the point of this episode, since we are not experts in any of these areas, is to give you a little bit of information from the research we've done to point you in the direction of other places that you can get good information and to talk about our own mental health and how the hell we live day to day. It's getting harder and harder as each day goes by. It really is. I mean, let's, let's do a brief recap. Let's recap it. Let's okay. rewind to 2020. <laughs> Worldwide pandemic happens. Yes. Murder hornets. Where did they go, by the way? Were they ever here? I don't know. Because it came up in my time hop and I thought, I don't think they ever showed up. Yeah. And I'm there was like sure. a dust bowl. Do you remember that thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Briefly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger King. I mean, that was devastating for all of us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I never even saw it. <laughs> I had COVID when I watched that. So that's all I think about. Okay. So what else? Oh, for there was a hot minute in there that everyone appreciated nurses and teachers. Yes. Yes. And now they hate them. They hate us. It's cool. Bizarre. Bizarre. All right. What's next? George Floyd. All these awful murders, murders. of people of color by the police. Mm-hmm. That was horrendous. How do you sit back and watch and not know what to do? Feeling helpless. helpless. Wanting to use our yes. voices and doing what we and know to do. And then getting in trouble for using your exactly. voices. Exactly. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's me. Hi. <laughs> Shout out to employers everywhere. Employers everywhere. Let your people be people and express the themselves. First Amendment people. Mm-hmm. Then we have the insurrection yeah. upon the Capitol. That was a clusterfuck. That was. I remember feeling really scared that day. How did you I feel? Came over. Yeah. Or no, I, we talked on the phone. No, I don't you, did, you did come over. I, I, I texted you because you were... I was teaching at work mm-hmm. and I text you and I was like, aim, what the fuck is happening? Have you, I know you're at work. Like, have you seen the news? And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. And so I just gave you like a real brief thing. I was like, people are storming the Capitol and they're the news inside on. the building. And it was again, stranger. What is it like? The truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. It was as if it wasn't real life. I was like, that person's scaling the wall mm-hmm. of the Capitol. That what? That's in a movie. Right. That guy is walking out with the podium <laughs> from the fucking with a cape. Seriously? What is oh, happening? Okay. So we've got that. I mean, we're really skipping a lot of things as well. Because we're just off the fly doing this. I know. <laughs> then we've got um, the heartbeat bill in Texas, which kind of started us. Oh, that was our. Remember, we did an episode. Mm-hmm. We did on called the under Mace his Hill. eye. Under his eye. <laughs> Ooh, that was a, a a terrifying thing. Yeah. And I thought that that's where it stopped, and now here we are. Here we are, folks. School shootings, grocery store shootings, church Break shootings. Break my heart into a thousand pieces. Concert pieces. shootings. You can't go anywhere without being terrified. Of someone being there with a gun. And it's just going to keep happening, and it happens every fucking day. I mean, example A, I just went to go see the chicks in Ohio, and we had a whole debacle with our tickets. Long story. And I thought, is this a sign? Am I not supposed to go into this concert? And then I started to think, oh my God, Randy, I don't think we're supposed to go in. This is a huge group of liberal women who are outspoken and you know love this band that talks about the issues that are going on and writes music about it and sings you know passionately about it and and uses their voices are we going to be sitting ducks for someone who wants to make a point like that's the fear i had i was afraid to go into I this do concert look for exits and i do think about yeah. that and i think about ducking and what i would do i don't know 
I mean, at that point, let's just all quarantine for the rest of our lives. Right, because then you can't go anywhere. But that's what we're here to talk about today. How do we handle our mental health in the world that we live in today? Yes. How do we handle it? Because there are three choices of things that we can do. And I'm going to talk about that later on. Um, In a very weird, strange twist of fate, in my therapy session, a very difficult therapy session discussing a different part of my life, uh, we she brought this up and I thought, oh my God, this makes so much sense about how we choose to handle certain situations, you know, so, you know, and living in your window of tolerance is really where you want to be and your other choice is to fight or flight, just like peace the fuck out. But before we get into that, we're gonna talk about the things that may have put us in one of those states of distress that we heard about on the news this week. The big one, obviously, was abortion. And so Sarah's gonna give us a bit of a timeline to help us understand. I I have to tell you, I didn't know. Neither did I. I didn't know the years, I didn't know any of that stuff, and that makes me super ignorant in the correct form um <laughs> to not know such good such history like who again I've learned so much about um black history because I've gone back and learned it I guess this is how we're all gonna learn is that we're gonna have some horrible shit happen and then we're gonna have to go back and be like we should have known what the history was so it doesn't repeat itself right but this timeline is really helpful because it helps you kind of grasp where we're, where they were coming from, where it started, and, and kind of how we got where we are. Yeah, this is the way that it helped me kind of understand what happened. Because if you don't know the history, it seems like abortion was legal, and then one day it wasn't. <laughs> Which seemed just wild, 50 yes. years. 50 years of, of precedent, 50 years mm-hmm. of law, and then for that to be swept away. So this helped me understand that that it wasn't. <laughs> like a one and done, like a snap of the fingers and it was just gone. And we're also going to post some really amazing videos for you to watch that help even more explain how we got here. Yes. All of my resources and everything that we have from the show will be in the show notes and you can find it there. So as early as the 1600s, so before we were even a nation, what would become the United States, abortion and contraception were legal and allowed by law. But then by the mid 1800s, Reproductive health was moved from, it was in the hands of midwives and women, where it should be, (laughs) and it was moved into the hands of a mostly male-dominated obstetrician control. And when the American Medical Association was formed, which was at that time in the mid-1800s, it was led by the, quote, father of gynecology, this monster of a man, J. Marion Sims, who you may know from his horrific practice of experimenting on enslaved black women without anesthesia. He was unanimously elected the president of the all-white male American Medical Association. And from that point, they moved to criminalize abortion. In their memorandum that they sent out, they suggested that, quote, women should not be allowed to judge for herself because under the stimulus of uterine excitation, her mind is subject to actual derangement. I just want to interject here. Um, We did a whole episode that we need to redo, but it was about why women were placed in psychiatric wards so often. And this is exactly what it was, that derangement. It always had to do with... um, pregnancy or postpartum depression or their periods. Um, periods. 
Yeah. How dare you bleed? How dare you bleed your own blood? (laughs) By the late 1800s, abortion is made illegal in America. And at this point, people start going underground and performing illegal abortions. And that's when approximately 3,000 women each year died from illegal abortions. Now, that may not sound like a large number, but when we're talking about the late 1800s population of the United States, it's a large number. A man named Anthony Comstock around this time in the late 1800s, he is the secretary for the New York Society for the Suppression of Vice, whatever that is, teamed up with the YMCA. They banded together and passed a series of laws that branded all forms of contraception as obscene, immoral, and therefore illegal. Because God forbid women have sex. But what were the men doing? (laughs) Whatever they wanted. Hello? (laughs) Did they not see the contraception as good for them as well? No, because it kept a woman pregnant and at home. Out of the workplace, out of their hair. Okay, awesome. So we're going to skip ahead from the late 1800s to 1960. And that's when the first birth control pill is introduced. What's crazy about this is that in 1960, it was illegal in some states for doctors to even prescribe the birth control bill. So it took a Supreme Court ruling in Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965 to finally state that married women could legally use birth control. Now, this is another one that you're probably hearing in the news right now. And I didn't know what it was until Sarah told me the Griswold versus who? Connecticut. Connecticut. Um, because that's up next. Yes. Let's let's record scratch and rewind. It took a, a Supreme Court ruling in 1965 to state that. Let's hear that again. Louder for the people in the back. Married women only could use birth control. Control. It wasn't until 1972 that it was made legal for unmarried women to use birth control. And I think you'll see a nice little connection there with the flourish of the women's rights movement, women really rushing to colleges and into the career force and pursuing careers that are typically seen in that time as a, a male career path. So, yeah, there is a connection between having control over our own bodies and autonomy over ourselves and having the rights to do other things and the freedoms and the empowerment to do other things within society. Isn't it funny how they're all connected? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, There was a rise, actually, in college admission for women um, by 20% at that time. I really pissed the white man off. Yep. They were like, um, <laughs> oh, no. We really fucked up. <laughs> so uh, just another thing to note that I want to throw in there before we move along in the timeline is that we are the only developed country that doesn't have any explicit laws protecting gender equality. So the basis of these cases, like Griswold versus Connecticut, Roe versus Wade, and some others that we're going to talk about, was centered around our right to privacy, which they were upholding through the 14th Amendment. So January 22nd, 1973, the big one happens. Roe versus Wade is ruled upon. And prior to this ruling, 17% of all deaths that were pregnancy-related were a result of illegal abortion. 
after this ruling, it dropped to less than 1%. So this was an important ruling for several reasons. It created a ripple effect. And just one year after this ruling, things like women being allowed to have a credit card. Uh, what? Without their husband's permission. That was uh, that happened because before 1974, women could legally be denied a credit card unless their husband said it was OK. And what I think about is make America great again. Mm-hmm. I do believe that's probably before 1970. Yeah, that's the that's the again they're talking about. Right. For sure. You have to ask your husband to buy something. <laughs> this is going to be the first time that our generation will have fewer rights than the generation of women before us. That's so sad. Isn't that like completely bonkers? Like what what sense does that make? We should be moving forward, not wrap backwards. My head around it. By the mid 1980s, and I remember these things happening in the 80s and 90s cuz it extended in through the 90s too. There was a wave of violent extremists that took their place on the backdrop of abortion rights. And this was the pro-life movement started with the March for Life. Violent extremists began bombing abortion clinics, murdering abortion providers, and assaulting women outside of abortion clinics. I mean, I, I remember I news too. stories of those those things happening, and it was, it was scary. It was really scary. So in 1986, this is kind of where things start to crack a little bit and where, where it the stability of Roe versus Wade starts to come down. So about 10 years later, 12 years later, Missouri governor restricts abortion and it's upheld. And then in 1988 and 89, Pennsylvania starts to set provisions to abortion laws. So this is where things start to happen. Starts States begin to set provisions. So it's like, okay, we can't ban abortion, but we're going to make you jump through all these 75 hoops before you can have one. So Pennsylvania's provisions included informed consent, a 24-hour waiting period, the consent of one parent for a minor, and this one, a husband notification for a married woman. So if you were married and wanted to have an abortion, your husband had to be notified before you could do that. So imagine if that is a domestic violence situation and he raped her. Right. Oh, my God. Or just a can't afford another child and you're going to be below that poverty line and you know there's so many things that can trigger into a situation where you don't want another child right so in 1989 the supreme court rules to uphold missouri's provisions that were put in place in 1986 so missouri's provisions uh, were that they barred public employees and facilities in assisting or performing abortions unless it was necessary to save the life of the woman or the baby so then in june of 1992 Planned Parenthood of Southeastern PA versus Casey happens. And this is the other big case that's also in jeopardy. That you're going to hear about in the news as well. This decision upholds the provisions that PA put in place with the exception of the husband notification. So that is removed. Then November of 2003, uh, George W. Bush signs into law the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. And this prohibits late-term abortions but the law is blocked in California, Nebraska, and New York. Then in April of 2007, the Supreme Court upholds the partial birth abortion ban. And in July of 2013, Texas lawmakers enact HB2, 
This is more provisions that Texas puts in place. Abortion providers challenge this, stating that it violates the 14th Amendment under the Casey Law, and it ends up before the Supreme Court again. In June 2014, Louisiana enacts similar provisions as Texas did in their Act 620, and that is again challenged by providers. But then in June of 2016, the Supreme Court strikes down the Texas law that they put into place. And that brings us almost to current. That's when we get to June 2020. And that is when the Supreme Court strikes down the Louisiana limits on the prov- provisions, citing the Texas case that came before it. So we're it's kind of like so the we take... the provisions are like these little baby steps of yeah. like taking away your freedom in this. Okay. Right, right. It's making it harder. So if you think about it, women who don't have access to travel, to funds to travel, to for childcare, to take care of somebody, to take time off work, to go mm-hmm. to the clinic multiple times because they have a 24-hour or 72-hour waiting period mm-hmm. in between appointments. Like all of those things, you have to get back and forth and do all of these, jump through all of these hoops if you don't have the resources to do so, right, you're shit out of luck. And that's the point. And it's sort of like we take a step forward and then we take five back and then take another step forward. So it's like it goes back and forth with the Supreme Court until we get to May of 2021. And that is when the Supreme Court hears the case on Dobbs versus Jackson. And that is in Mississippi. This is where Mississippi bans abortions after 15 weeks. The state officials ask the Supreme Court to overturn Roe and Casey at this point. In September of 2021, this is where the heartbeat bill comes into play. And you can hear all about that on the episode that we did called Under His Eye. We go into a lot of detail about that law. And this is an abortion ban after six weeks of pregnancy. This is the first time that a state is successful since Roe v. Wade in banning abortions. So this law (laughs) allows... I also thought that was a joke, like, because it's so ludicrous. It allows you to sue... The person having the abortion, the person giving the abortion, the Uber driver driving them to the abortion, the friend you asked for advice, up to $10,000 each if you find out and you turn them in. So it's this idea of like citizen arrest, basically. And so we are now able to turn people in to get money for ourselves. I don't even understand the rationale behind all of that. But that kind of blew me away. And we did talk about that a lot in Under His Eye. Yeah. So that was September of 2021. And then in December of 2021, SCOTUS rules to uphold that bill. And it is made into law in Texas. But it does limit the people that you can sue. Okay. Small victory. Maybe the Uber drivers will be okay. (laughs) Live another day. Oh, my God. In May of 2022, this is last month, a draft opinion from Justice Alito is leaked. It's a 98-page document with his intention of overturning Roe versus Wade. He says in this document that Roe is, quote, egregiously wrong from the start and must be overruled. In June of 2022, Roe versus Wade is overturned by SCOTUS. And that's where we are, friends. As of this recording, it's June 29th, so it's been three days, four days. I have absorbed quite a bit of information, mostly via podcasts, because I'm trying to get actual facts and people's opinions um, from different places. So I always on here will recommend the daily if you need to just get some information, some facts, something that's, you know, not over the top. Sometimes they'll do some stories along with the news. And there was an episode that I listened to while I was walking the other day and it was heartbreaking. I couldn't finish it. 
um, but they told the stories of four abortion clinics on that day. And so the day that it happened and what had to happen in those clinics. This is in states that had already enacted like it was going to close. The trigger laws? Yeah, the trigger laws, Mm -hmm. right? So immediately done. So this one particular story that I can't seem to get out of my head is a grandma who they called her, the receptionist or the office manager called and said, we cannot do your granddaughter's abortion because of, you know, this new law that just put into place and she's like just starts bawling and she's like well what do you mean she says it's fine she was like give me the numbers I will take her somewhere else I'm not letting her be another victim of these crimes and a teenage pregnancy and so she opens up to the office manager and says that she was sexually assaulted and she's 14 years old oh my god and there is no reason in the world why that little girl has to have a baby And that's just one example. There were so many examples, so many heart-wrenching stories of people having to call up other patients and say, like, you can't come in today because this. I can give you the website of other states of how you could possibly do this, that sort of thing. If you're paying attention, you will see that this is nothing really to do with aborting babies. This is control Also, if you're paying attention, you will notice that it isn't just about abortions for unwanted pregnancies for whatever the reason is. This is about like, we're going to get into IVF. They're going to start banning that. There are other reasons for these abortions. You might need to have one even after a miscarriage. You may need to have one because of your own health. I read a story today. I'm really, (laughs) obviously I love stories. I love to hear about people's real life stories. And I read a story today about a woman who has a child with a very rare and serious had he passed away but she had him for like 10 years a very rare and serious disease and and it was just horrible like she went through a day by day like what it was like living with him and she said that when she went got pregnant with her second child she got the testing and she was 1000 percent not going to have that baby if this child also had that disease and she said it like this she says it because I'm a mom because I'm their mother and I'm taking care of them there is no way that it's worth them to have to go through this pain and suffering and she really told it from like a loving standpoint or even the idea that you can't take care of two kids with such severe needs but if you read there's there's so many stories that aren't the regular abortion stories that you're thinking of and those are fine too by the way right like all fine and none of my fucking business. Exactly. I just want to go back to the topic of control because if we look at some things that happened in history, like in 2010 when President Obama introduced the Affordable Care Act, that provided birth control at low cost or no cost, no no copay. Abortions dropped from 1.5 million per year in 1990 to less than 900,000 in 2011. So there was a drastic drop in abortions just by having affordable and accessible contraception. But in 2019, when abortions were at an all-time low, 25 states enacted abortion bans and provisions across the nation. So I'm guessing that it's not about abortion? No, no. I mean, 
You can call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but I (laughs) do believe this is about controlling women. And I think it does go back to even what Sarah and I talked about in some other episodes about women's pleasure. Yeah. The idea that women are only supposed to have sex to procreate and, you know, being raised in the Catholic church, that's really what I learned. The reason that we're doing this episode and something like this is to not only talk about the mental health aspect of it, but to also talk about the education side of it, because like we both said, we didn't know enough about it until we really dove into it here. And I think this is going to help in combating some of the pure ignorance that's out there. Amy was so kind to show me (laughs) the senator, Republican senator from Utah. (laughs) Oh, this is my like favorite, most hated moment. (laughs) So, I mean, I thought we would just kind of share some of the ignorance with you all. That I clearly don't trust women enough to make choices to control their own body. And my response is, I do trust women enough to control when they allow a man to ejaculate inside of them and to control that intake of semen. So that may be inflammatory, but I think as a legislature, we have the responsibility to create a legal framework that is friendly and supporting rights. Did you know what the fuck? (laughs) Did you know that we could do that? Did you know we could control a man, man's <laughs> semen coming inside of us? Did you know that? I didn't. I mean, I knew women were witchy and everything. I but... mean, but seriously, I didn't know that I had that spell in me. Oh, my God. I've never heard anything more <laughs> ludicrous. Like when when you played that for me the first time, you my jaw like, actually hurt you when it like it was like fell Saturday open. Night Live or a spoof. Yeah. I'm like, this is not real. That's not oh, a no. real person. Oh no, she is 100% trusting us, ladies, to control ejaculation, <laughs> like, the intake of semen. Oh yeah, that too. The intake. Oh like, my what, god. Like if you have some witchy stuff, you can just spew it back. <laughs> Wow, what are we what, what is happening is here? Happening? Guys, Aww. these are these are lawmakers. These are people in political power positions. <laughs> this is not Karen from down the street. <laughs> this is terrifying. Yeah, this is not Karen at your July 4th party. No. No, this is the lady who like is making laws and making decisions and somehow got voted in. Go vote. Please, every election, get your ass to the polls. Oh, my God. Whew. All right. If Yeah. If you're going to do one thing, please vote. Yes. All of all of the elections. Yes. Every single one. They're all important. If you think, oh, God, none of these people well then research and figure out someone that's good enough. Yes. Local elections all the way up. It starts where you are. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Now that we've had that little dose of what yeah, the fuck. That's that's a pretty big what the fuck, isn't it? It is. Um, can you please, Amy, tell us what can we do? This is an idea by Dr. Dan Siegel. And it's not an idea. It's scientific. He's a doctor, people. <laughs> and we have window of tolerance. And the window of tolerance is where we want to live. It's where you might feel stress. You might feel pressure. You might have the regular daily situations that occur, but you're grounded. 
And so it's not going to bother you so much that you're going to lose your shit. I have lived in the window of tolerance this past year and it's been beautiful. Good for you. That's amazing. Yes, I know. Because what my therapist said is that I've lived in hyper arousal for the past 17 years. And that's up top. That sounds more fun than I think it actually is. It's so not fun. It's, I mean, you just I hear know, arousal and you I think, hear you. Rare, rare. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm just ignoring oh, you. Sorry. It's, it's late, guys. <laughs> it's real late. Okay. Real late. When you are up in this level of arousal, you're above your window. So you're fired up. You're scared. You're unregulated. Um, you could be frantic. You're angry. You're fighting. You're anxious. You're going to like punch somebody in the face your thoughts are spinning and so you might go there when you see some of these news stories when you listen to someone talk who you thought like new things um you might when you listen to someone talk about how we can control the intake of (laughs) semen so you know I mean, I know that that's where I normally go and it's how you take care of everything and how you're just ready to go. You're going to fight. You're going to flight. You're going to, but this is all fight, right? So this is like, you're staying in it. You are not running away. You are going to be hyper vigilant. Mm. That's a really good way like to, to explain it. So I'm like always on guard. Like I'm always like looking around. I just came out of living there. Yikes. That's why I get like so f- scared when I'm people really jump around me. I'm really sorry you lived there for so long. It's a really bad place to live. That is. That's terrible. It's hard on your body. Yeah. It makes you really tired. I bet. Um, the only respite I ever had when I was there was uh, when I was working out, which is a whole other problem. But at the same time, it regulated things a little bit and it, it, it used some of that like cortisol up. So your other option, friends is to go below the window of tolerance. And so this is hypo arousal. arousal. So, you know, similar to like when you're talking about your thyroid. So this is where you get zoned out, you get spacey, you're numb, frozen, you're stuck, your body's like shutting down. You are just like, I can't go on, I can't move. It's really like disengaged. That's where I lived for the past God knows how many years. Right. Damn. And they're both so hard on your body. They're terrible. So you're disengaged. You're demoralized. You're, you know, you're internalizing everything. So that doesn't mean you don't have that anger. It's just that you're internalizing it. Right. So you're like going over and over and over in your brain and in your heart and everything. And it's an avoidance of attachment. And this is my choice of windows that I go to now. Right. Because I'm too tired to go up above. (laughs) So I go below. Yeah. And so I found out so kindly from my therapist that this is not the place we're going to live. So I can't live there either. So you want to live in this window. okay? And some ways to get there. Well, first of all, let me um, describe this beautiful place. Yes, please do, because I need to know. It's How a, to live like that. It's a regulated nervous system. It's where you're authentic and you have good boundaries. You're self-aware. You feel safe. Um, you have uh, like this awareness of everything around you. You let things come. You let them go. It kind of like free flows out, you know, in and out. Like So you take in the information. 
and you kind of just let it flow right through you. You're not internalizing it. So like, oh my gosh, they just banned abortion. Instead of like going on and on and on in your brain about that, you just kind of like take it and let it go out back out. And you're going to pick it back up when it's time to do something about it or when you have a situation where you can do something about it. The things that help you stay in your window of tolerance is the mindfulness the grounding, staying here and now, putting your feet on the ground, literally grounding yourself to the earth, breathing, deep breathing. You think you're breathing, but you're not breathing. Oh my gosh, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Our therapist will actually, I, th- I think it's funny whatever you say, our, our therapist. therapist. But um, uh, she'll, whenever I'm talking or if I'm just sitting there too, like she'll physically relax her own hands and shoulders and take a deep breath. And I'm like, I'm not breathing again, am I? And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> but it's funny because she does these things because it's like, you know that like yes. then it gives you that awareness. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Oh my gosh. You don't even know that you're not doing it. So help a sister out. If you look over and your BFF is all clenched up and everything, right. try to try to mirror, you know, do some mirroring in a good way. In the same way that you do, I guess, with your kids when they're like having a meltdown and you're like, OK, let's breathe. So, so do that. You can do that with adults. <laughs> yes, you can. I won't take any offense to it. If you see me all clenched up somewhere. Yeah. Be like, Hey Sarah, take a fucking breath. That is not how I will tell you. <laughs> that is not helpful. Um, unless we're being silly. So physical activity, you know, and that can be just as much as, um, walking. It can be actual working out like strenuous, you know, doing something. You could ride a bike, you could go outside. I've just been doing a lot of shaking, like jumping up and down and just shaking it out of my hands. I was so sad on Saturday about this ruling, but what I decided to do was to keep my class on Sunday morning um, and teach yoga instead of brewing on it, you know, and it really did help. It helped me to be out. It helped me to move my body. It helped me to help others. It helped me to be around other women. Kind of knowing that you're just in it together. Like nobody really knows what to do at this point. And so move your body, even if you don't want to. And if you just want to like stay in your bedroom, you can still just jump up and down and shake your hands and jump up and down and like literally feel yourself like shaking it out. So like, I don't know. I always think about it like coming out my fingertips. Yeah. Envisioning it all. Yeah. Like coming out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's the same sort of things that we've talked about grounding to stay in this window of tolerance. But I also have to say that, you know, if you, if you're not there, it takes, it's taken me years of therapy to be yeah. able to get there. I'm talking more like you can do these things if it's like in the moment. Right. But to live in this place, we're all working to live in this place as new like experiences come, as new situations arise, as new information comes at us. You know, how do we still stay there? You know, when everything's all beautiful and lovely and chill, it's very easy to be there. That is my goal is to stay in the window of tolerance and try to think of something productive. I mean, right now I'm just thinking voting. I sent some money to Planned Parenthood, ordered a bunch of stuff from people who were doing fundraisers. I talked to my kids about my daughter about it. And I really don't know at this point what else I can do. Yeah, that's so I've done some research on some of those things. And and those are excellent ways to help out. I mean, it takes a lot of small actions to create big action. 
And so you may have a platform that you can make a huge difference. That's phenomenal. But if you don't, those are amazing small ways to do it. Absolutely. It starts with if you are a parent speaking to your children Mm -hmm. and educating them in an age appropriate way. There's another article that I've linked in the show notes and there's just some information. Possibly if you think that you might find yourself in a situation where you may need to have an abortion at some point, one of the things you might want to do is to delete your period tracking app. And guess who already did that? You? No, I don't get period. Oh, my daughter. Yeah. She was like, she showed me her, she has a planner now. She's like, it's on paper and I'll burn it if they come for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some more information in that article that I've linked um, on why that's important. Um, That just, you know, kind of goes back to if you at some point do need to have an abortion and it is illegal where you are, that that data is not stored somewhere for someone to be able to prove, you know, whether or not you are ovulating at the time. Um, You can make Planned Parenthood donations. I've put a link in to the show notes for that where you can do to a local specific Planned Parenthood if you'd like, or you can make an overall donation to Planned Parenthood from there as well. And then just educating yourself and taking a deep breath and taking it one day at a time. And small things, I decided that I was just going to still keep smiling at people. That's a good thing to do. Like I like that. I was so pissed off. So, you know, just kind of smiling at people and you know saying hi and just trying to keep the humanity like I don't know guys we're in this together I don't fucking understand what's happening like I don't get it I don't understand why it's happening but there's humanity still and we are still here in this on this earth together so we have to take care of each other so we have spoken before about how much we love music and how much it influences our lives and we just wanted to end on one of our anthems mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that really speaks about the fight and how we march and um, work together and work on our own. And, you know, like I said, it's several small movements that create a large action. And, you know, you can be a part of that too. So just enjoy this little clip from the Chick song, March, March. And if you haven't seen the video, check it out on YouTube. It's linked in the show now. Yay, Sarah!
Well, we hope that you have gotten some education, community, solace, comfort. Yeah. Everything that you need, hopefully, from this episode. Or at least a little bit of what you need. Yeah. Um, Remember that knowledge is power. So continue to educate yourself, read, listen to podcasts, you know, just keep going, keep listening, keep reading. And then, you know what? Take a break and take care of yourself. Until next week, stay wild and weird. We love you. This episode was brought to you by Amy Baumgartner and Sarah Simone. The theme song and our other music is provided by Epidemic Sound. This episode was mixed, mastered, and produced by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or you can reach out on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, warrior, hold on. We're gonna make it. Side.